DJ and PK reminding you to join Scotty and Ann's Monday from noon to 3 at Umami Japanese Barbecue, 568 North Mill Road and Vineyard for great taste in Japanese barbecue. Time now to talk football, Super Bowl, and Hall of Fame with Jason Cole, veteran NFL reporter. He's also a Hall of Fame voter, and he joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Jason, good morning. Good morning. What's going on? Well, I'm in Gainesville, so Tom Petty is good. Got home, so it's, uh, it's nice. Nice nice bumper music. It's a win for you. You're in Gainesville. Yep. We're in mm-hmm. Utah, and it's snowing. All right, so let's get right to it. <laughs> Everybody in Utah, despite the cold winter weather, is thinking about Andy Reid and getting this warm feeling. He finally got the championship. You're a Hall of Fame voter. I'm of the opinion, I'm not a Hall of Fame voter, I'm of the opinion, uh-huh. though, that now he is a slam dunk, first ballot Hall of Famer. Am I wrong? Slam dunk? No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, Mike Holmgren has done more in his career, probably, and has not made it into the Hall of Fame yet. Um, we don't have Don Coriel in, and he was, you know, a big impact. Tom Flores had two, and, you know, first minority coach um there's no I, I don't think it's a slam dunk no-brainer for for andy reed you know it's not a first ballot for andy reed i mean do i think that he will get in someday yes do i think it'll be easier if the hall of fame finally does the right thing and separates out coaches into their own category rather than having to compete with players yeah but if they continue to have them compete with players um, it's hard for all coaches to get in into the Hall of Fame right away. I think Belichick is the only guy who you say that's a first ballot Hall of Fame coach, no question about it, at least among the guys who are out there and not in the Hall of Fame yet. So I guess the thing I think is I hear Don Coryell, and trust me, I grew up in San Diego going to San Diego State game, so I'm all aboard the Don mm-hmm. Coryell train, but right. never went to a Super Bowl as a head coach, won 100 games in the pros and 100 in the college, Andy Reid sitting on 200 wins in a Super Bowl. Tom Flores, 105 wins and 90 losses and the Super Bowls, uh, two Super Bowl titles. Probably feeling that it was kind of built for him when he stepped in there, and he's got 100 less wins than Andy. I thought the fact that Andy took two teams that were down, built them up, won the 222 games, and has the Super Bowl, that would do it. But no. It's a nice resume. It's a really nice resume. But if you're asking me if he's a no-doubt first ballot Hall of Famer, I say no. If you're asking me is he um, going to get in the Hall of Fame, I would say probably. Okay. And again, it's going to depend on the structure of how they do things. Because I'm one of these people who, look, we have a hard time getting coaches through, right? Um, and we've been arguing about Coriel and Flores and Holmgren and then Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy got in this year. Somehow Bill Coward jumped him. Now, the fact that Coward's in helps Andy Reid's case. But even Coward's not a, wasn't a first ballot guy. It took, it took a while for him to get through the process. So I just, I, when you put it in, the, when you frame it the way you framed it, I'm going to disagree. Yeah. If you're asking, does he have a chance to make the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I, agree, I totally agree with that. So as far as the Super Bowl win, I thought the key point there was going to the hurry-up offense. 
the Niners' pass rush had given Kansas City a lot of problems, and Kansas City was finally able to uh, throw the deep ball. And was it just a simple matter of the hurry up and a combination of the fourth quarter and having to play real fast took just enough out of the pass rush that Mahomes was able to throw the ball downfield? I think that helped a bit. I thought that there were opportunities earlier in the game. There were three or four times. I mean, Troy Aikman was talking about it every single time Richard Sherman got singled up, right? Because Troy Aikman was basically telling the entire world who was watching this game, Richard Sherman can't cover deep anymore, <laughs> which we all knew if you watch the Devontae Adams play, uh, you, know, in, in, you know, in the Green Bay-San Francisco game, you know, in the, in the NFC Championship game. I mean, I just was surprised that they never flexed out of what, you know, or, uh, you know, audibled out of the plays that they were in to take shots at Sherman more often or set up some more trips for trips formations to say, look, we're going to put Watkins, Hardman, and Hill over there. And whichever one um, Richard Sherman picks, that dude's running the deep route, right? Um, like that's what I was expecting to see happen a lot more in this game. A lot of them pushing it downfield. They waited for their opportunity in the fourth quarter. They finally got it on the play to Watkins, which was a which was a critical play. Um, I, I do think you know the pass rush was really good good for San Francisco. I think that bottom line is the mobility of Mahomes made it possible to do some of the things that they did. Because if you look at the entire season, how San Francisco played against mobile quarterbacks, and that's the two games against Seattle, two games against Arizona, the game against Baltimore, and the game when against the Rams, the second game against the Rams, when Sean McVay had Jared Goff either roll out or bootleg 20 times, those offenses were productive every single time. They were putting up 20 to 30 points in all of those games. And I think this is a matter of, um, Mahomes is the kryptonite for what the 49ers do up front. Jason Cole, veteran NFL reporter and Hall of Fame voter, join us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So the uh, play calling uh, with Kyle Shanahan in the fourth quarter is going to get uh, – is gonna everyone's gonna be going over that with a magnifying glass. I think throw and it, once it was twenty to seventeen, throwing on second and third down raised some eyebrows because the run game was was so productive. What did you think of that? Uh, I don't know. They were in a second and nine situation. I, that's a that's a throwing down. And he, look, my problem with the fourth quarter uh, is not Kyle Shanahan. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is the one who failed in the fourth quarter in hitting some big plays. Um, now, if you want to second-guess Kyle Shanahan, the end of the first half is the problem, where they didn't try and set up a score. And I know the Kittles play was there. Kittles did. That was offensive pass interference, right? But he should have also called the timeout earlier to give himself some more time so that it didn't just come down to that one play that hurt them. So that one I'll second-guess Kyle Shanahan about. But in the fourth quarter, you're talking about the second and nine play to Samuel, Garoppolo misses that play. The third down play where it's a third and six situation where they throw a born underneath, Kittles is wide open in the middle of the field. you got to see that play if you're, if you're Garoppolo. And then the third and ten play 
What what are you supposed to dial up on third and ten? You're running a draw play? (laughs) Is that what people are thinking about? You know, second and nine, you know, third and ten. You know, running in those situations is not, you know, those are not high percentages. Third and six, not a high percentage rundown, okay? That's where your quarterback has to step up and hit those plays. He had Emmanuel Sanders open on that third and ten deep one. He overthrew him by eight yards? I mean, Sanders had no shot on that on that play. Uh, Kittles was wide open in the middle of the field, and Garoppolo simply missed him and threw to a guy who was not, you know, one yard short of the first down. He was three or four yards short of the first down, and we was lucky to make it within three yards of the first down. That's a bad play by Garoppolo. The miss to Samuel, bad play by Garoppolo. If you're a great quarterback, you have to hit two out of those three. You can't go over three in that. And so, yeah, people want to blame Kyle Shanahan. That's the easy thing to do. But Kyle Shanahan doesn't have the ball in his hands making decisions and making plays. That's why this game is still 80% about the players and 20% about the coaching. This was a player failure in the fourth quarter by the quarterback. And not to say that they should get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not what I'm trying to, I'm trying to indicate here. He's still had a magnificent season, and I, there's a lot of promise there for a guy who still hasn't played that much in his career. But yesterday was not a good day for him in the fourth quarter. What did you think of the Niner defense getting the second interception and the whole team going to the end zone and celebrating with 12 minutes left? On the one hand, it's kind of what everybody does these days, and it was a big play. And on the other hand, Mahomes and the Chiefs still had 12 minutes in a 10-point game, and they've been the comeback kids yeah. in the playoffs. I, uh, I, I'm sorry. My senses are dulled to celebration criticism. Most. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it was a big play in a big game, right? You come up with that interception, yeah, you, yeah, you you celebrate and have a good time with it. Um, and again, I don't think that had anything to do with what happened the rest of the way. Like, I don't think that fired up Patrick Mahomes, um, even if he may. I don't know if he said he did or didn't. Okay, but you celebrate in those moments. The bigger problem the rest of the way in that game was the failure of the 49ers to move the ball and string together some first downs. And again, the failure of Jimmy Garoppolo to make critical plays. That's, that's where this game comes down to. Not, you know, some sort of silly kind of, you know, trite, you know, how many, how many different versions of the soccer celebration are we going to have before people go, can we kind of come up with something new? Jason Cole, veteran NFL reporter, Hall of Fame voter, joining us. Of course, uh, in between all the action, there's the Tom Brady Hulu commercial, and a lot of people were trying to read into the social media the day before. So, now you've seen all of that, and he, of course, did a pregame interview, and then he does a halftime interview on the radio, if you listen on the national radio broadcast. So, everything you've heard, everything you've seen, you get any idea what's about to happen with Brady and uh, the rest of his career? It's going to be a bidding war between the Patriots and the Chargers. I'll say this. The Chargers people I've talked to, they don't – when you say Tom Brady to them, it's not like, oh, that's not going to happen. We're not doing that. <laughs> and they're not playing their hand, but they're also not denying it, right? So I think the Chargers are all in on this, bidding this up, because they need to sell tickets. They need to create some excitement there in Los Angeles to open that new stadium. And really – They've got better weapons to show to Tom Brady than the Patriots do. And they also have the one thing that could appeal to Tom Brady, which is a chance to win a Super Bowl by yourself 
without having to give credit to Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. And I know people are like, oh, he hasn't, he's not that kind of guy. Look, McDaniels and Belichick and, and Brady, that marriage among those guys, and throw Kraft in there, that, that marriage that they've made last for, for 20 years has been a spectacular thing. No question about it, okay? Um, that's been phenomenal. But like any great partnership, whether it's the Beatles – or whether it's, you know, great, great, you know, great coaches and, and players together. People get tired of each other after a while. And I think they're tired of each other. And I think they're tired of sharing credit. And sometimes people want a new challenge. And I don't blame Brady if he wants a new challenge. Now, I know he's been heard a lot of advice from people like Joe Montana and Joe Namath. You know, stick it out and, and finish in, in New England. And I wouldn't blame him if he does that. But if I was him, after all this time, after hearing Josh McDaniels say, "Oh, I've got, I've got a quarterback agnostic system," really? <laughs> That's really it, Josh. That's what you think, okay? That you can win with any quarterback? Okay, let's see you do that. Um, let's see how that goes for you, Josh. Because I'm going to go over here to the Chargers. I'll throw to Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and hand the ball off to Eckler or. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon, if he sticks around, and I'll work with go- those guys, and I'll see if I can get it done over there. How ironic that a franchise that once uh, Eli Manning said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing there. My dad told me you're not good enough. And he goes to New York and wins two Super Bowls at the expense of Tom Brady, and now Brady might end up there with that organization. That doesn't scare him off a little bit? Well, I mean, look, the Chargers aren't – a great organization, you know, in terms of how they have handled things over, you know, you, you can make that criticism of They haven't won. Um, but I think that they do have a good coach, and I think that they do have a good collection of talent around the quarterback right now. Uh, certainly, I would take the collection of talent that the Chargers have right now and probably have for the next two, three, four years and I would say that that is better than what the Patriots have and probably better than what the Patriots can put together around him. Um, to go with all the other things that we're talking about and the chance to, you know, here's the other thing that a lot of people think about. Certainly LeBron thought about this, which is you go to Los Angeles and you're in the media capital of the world as you transition out of your professional sports career and get ready to do something else. I don't think that Tom Brady necessarily has to do that to go to L.A., but I, he's probably not against it either. He's probably thinking, you know, okay, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What are the next ventures that I have? And I'm going to bet that Giselle probably thinks the same thing, too, as she comes out of you know her career as a, as a model and says, okay, what am I going to do with the rest of my career? So, I mean, these are people who are high-achieving people, and they – they want to continue. They're, it's not like they're just going to quit and we're never going to see them again. They, they want to have a presence. What does the NFL think of uh, Tua Tagovailoa and his hip? I don't know yet I, because I don't know what the doctors – look, if I'm, a, if I'm an NFL team and I haven't heard anybody who's seen the results of that hip um, and that surgery, the question I have is uh, he looked good this week when he was walking around. You know, he's talking about – um, that he's going to be ready for the combine. All those things are great, right? But I want to know, okay, how long is this hip going to stay together and how much more punishment can it take? It's not as simple as, okay, he just looks fine and I'll take him. There's more to it than that. Um, 
So there are a lot of doctor reports in. I want to have my own guys examine this guy, and I want to see what happens when we look at him at the combine, and he goes through the medicals at the combine. There's a lot to do with Tagaviola before you make a final decision. But so far, so good. Uh, and, and look, I hope the kid's great. I, you know, we need quarterbacks. I help him and the Burrow kid. You know, because we're we're about to step out of a great generation of quarterbacks. You know, talked about we talked about Brady. Breeze is going to be quitting soon. Manning's already out. Eli has quit. You know, Roethlisberger's not far behind. Um, Rogers is getting older. You know, we got there's a lot of quarterbacks we got to replace in this league. So we need some really great ones. So I hope that Tagovailoa is one of them. But before I invest the top five draft pick, which you know is going to be probably either Detroit or or the Dolphins that are probably going to draft this kid. Before I invest that, I got a lot of questions about about the condition of this kid's body. And, and he's had other injuries, too. You know, the ankle injuries, this hip thing is not the only thing that he's ever had happen to him. Jason, we appreciate a few minutes, as always. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again. No problem. Take care. Thanks. Jason Cole, veteran NFL reporter and Hall of Fame voter, joining us. Coming up next, the Jazz, the four-game losing streak. What can be done? We'll get to that next. Stay with us. And now, attention. Top of the Wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. Another rally, this time from 10 points down in the fourth quarter. They've got their first Super Bowl title in 50 years, and Patrick Mahomes is the Super Bowl MVP. Utah Jazz are off until Wednesday. They'll host the Denver Nuggets Wednesday night at Vivint Smart Home Arena. In the NBA, the Rockets beat the Pelicans 117-109. James Harden with 40 points in the win. And Andre Drummond with 21 points, 17 rebounds as Detroit edges the Denver Nuggets 128-123 in overtime. Top of the Wire brought to you by Action Plumbing. Call Action Plumbing and get your winter furnace tune-up and safety check for $33 by calling Action Plumbing at 801-833-3333 or going to actionplumbing.net. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. They've got huge auctions in Meridian. Right on the edge of Boise, they do some really big auctions. Not the storage auctions, but, oh. but sightseeing Oh, auctions. yeah, yeah. Because honestly, you go to one of those storage unit places up in Idaho, and it's just like, oh, yeah, you don't want that. All right, this meth lab goes for $100. I don't understand all these bottles of iodine. Wow. You're going deep. I had a girlfriend that was arrested and put in prison for a long time. Um, so. Wait a minute. No, you Wait know that. <laughs> I know it. Uh, My first kiss went to prison for 30-some-odd years for... It's true. ...a very large meth lab. That's kind of a rough first kiss. This kiss, this kiss, unstoppable. This kiss, this kiss. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Listen Wednesday for your chance to win Journey tickets. Journey will be out on the road next summer with the Pretenders on an extensive North American tour featuring all new production and hits from start to finish. Your chance to see them live is May 21st at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase them at LiveNation.com. PK, you are the optimistic sort. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, 
<laughs> Baseball season starts next month. Spring training in a couple weeks. Absolutely. It's a great time to be alive. Coral Canyon, the hoodie, on a day like this. Yeah. So close to golf, yet so far away. You wearing a Channel 2 thing every day of the year. <laughs> we know where your loyalties are. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> All right, we got a lot of people trying to answer the question, what's going on with the Jazz? What do they got to do to win again? How do they snap this four-game losing streak? What's the deal? Casey says, because all of a sudden, we stopped playing defense. Is that what it is? That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why, why all of a sudden would you stop playing defense? Beast Lie says, because they aren't that good. That 20-game stretch was built on an unrealistic expectation based on beating teams with poor records. Well, the talent that the Houston Rockets put out there would fit right in with those teams with poor records and poor talent. Blazers and Spurs are both four games under 500. The Jazz have lost to them during this four-game stretch. And as you point out, the Rockets were missing three starters. So what makes sense and what doesn't? MJ Ute says because they're a Jazz are a good but not great team. There's no reason to overanalyze this. Is that all it is? Yeah, I'd say there's probably some truth to that. Then pretty much everybody else is in the same boat with possible exception of the Lakers, which is great news. Because then you got a chance to win. Got a chance to win in the first round. And depending on where you're seated, a chance to win in the second. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. What, why would you... Well, if you're in the 4-5 or five and you're playing the Lakers and they're the great team, you're, you're going to have a problem. Uh, I guess if you assume they're a great team. Uh, they didn't look at it against Portland. Jay Hadley says, all of a sudden we can't win games. Didn't we just win 18 out of 20? New rotations need time to gel. We just lost to the hottest player in the league on the road. Life goes on. Uh, yeah, you lost to Denver that didn't have... Uh, Two or three of their best players. And, you know, we already know about the Houston thing. San Antonio didn't have Aldridge. I don't think there's a question of whether life goes on. That wasn't a debatable thing, I don't think, at least for me. I sort of always knew. I found perspective. That big tragedy that happened, whenever it happened, it gave me perspective on sports. This guy says, I'm no analyst, but according to my untrained eye, our perimeter defense is atrocious. And would it be too much to ask for Bogey to put a body on someone for a defensive rebound? Well, then it was great before? Yeah. So what happened? I don't think it was great. I think it was was a little above average, but it wasn't great. Well, then why did it slip to below average? How did it slip to below average? What skills did they lose? At least offensively, you can see, okay, the shots were off. But defensively, I, I don't have that keen mind. I'm going to have to have, rely on you who played the game. I never played the game to understand and teach me why can the defense be good for X amount of games and then all of a sudden it is bad for X amount of games. What changes there? Help me out. You can't just say, wow, the defense isn't good enough. Why not? I mean, every game you lose, the defense isn't good enough. And every game you win, the offense is good enough. That's a given. I was listening to basketball yesterday on the radio. The announcer says, they got to get stops and they got to make buckets. 
Well, you say that every, every game. Every game ever. Every <laughs> game ever. In this game, we don't particularly need stops. You know, buckets are optional. They were trying to make a comeback. You got to get stops, and you got to make buckets. And, uh, okay, that never changes. <laughs> you got to tell me something beyond that. I never played the game, so I can't help you out here. Why would the defense... Don't just tell me that the defense slipped. Tell me why. Tell me why it was good over here and why it was bad over there. What changed? In the game where it all started to unravel, I, I got to wonder how much of it is just mental. It's just, hey, Harden and Westbrook are out. Capella's not playing either. Uh, either. And you lose a little bit of your edge. And a basketball game, you know, 100 possessions, you lose by 10. It sounds like a lot of points. And the way they're shooting the three now, you're talking about four or five possessions. Four or five possessions spread over two and a half hours. And you lose a little bit of your edge. And there's just not that much of a difference between winning and losing in most games. So that's it. They lost their edge. I hope that's it, because then you can get it back. You're running into Damian Lillard, a little bit of a law of averages. Some nights you run into guys who are uh, ready to uh, go off, and other nights you don't. Well, it doesn't matter who they run into, they go off. That's that's the annoying thing about this that defies easy explanation. DeRozan hits you up for 38, and Gordon and Lillard just completely go off. I mean, just pick a player. If you're in any of those fantasy leagues that you set your lineup by the day, Find out who's playing the Jazz and go with that guy. Natalie says the Jazz can't play with the big boys. They love to see how many points one person can score against them. I just don't feel like these are the big boys. They're ninth and 10th in the West. Those aren't the big boys. So they can't play with the little boys either? Tim Drisdom, the former Ute, posted on our Facebook page. They yeah. can win. They've won. They'll win again. Everyone loses. The Jazz will be fine. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that because you look at the Lakers lost four games in a row, and maybe it was a simple law of averages in terms of, all right, you were, gonna, you were playing at such an elite level, and it was only a matter of time before you no longer played at that elite level, and here you are. So you're not as good as you were when you were great, and you're not as bad as you are when you're losing four games in a row. You know, Tiger Woods was never going to win at that level. Now, he had injuries and personal off-the-course issues and whatnot, but even beside that, he was never going to win at that level for a long time or longer time because it was impossible. No one's ever done it. And so maybe it's a situation of these guys here of coming back to earth a little bit because things happen. And what I don't want to have happen, I can live with that, and I'm okay with that, because I believe what Tim is saying has a lot of value and truth to it. The thing that makes me nervous right now as we sit here this morning is with the All-Star break coming up in a couple of weeks. As long as they regroup and go into the All-Star break with some form of momentum, I'm okay with it. But if it doesn't happen and they continue this losing streak going forward, then it really ratchets up my concern level because I don't want them going into a 9-10 day layoff on the note that they are right now. Because the Lakers lost four in a row earlier this season, but that's it. They lost four in a row. You look at their schedule. They won seven in a row before they lost the four, and they came out of it with a nine-game win streak. That's 16 out of 20, and you can live with that. Houston lost four in a row. Now they also lost five out of six. Yeah, there was a period they struggled for sure. But they've yeah. come back, and they've won five of their last seven. Exactly. Yes. And 
mixed in that run, they beat Denver at home. They came to Utah and won with that shorthanded lineup without three starters. And they went back and beat Dallas at home. So they got some quality wins against the other Western contenders. The other thing is, if the Jazz keep struggling into the break... They're going to be the seventh place Jazz by the break, and that that concerns me for right. sure. Yeah, because you got what? You got five games left. One, two, three, four. You have five games left, and three of them are at home this week. I mean, this week sets up might be your best week of the season schedule wise. You play two games this week, and both are at home, and you've been home since Sunday morning. So you would literally be here the whole week. Have plenty of time to get into the film room, the practice court, and do all those types of things to change whatever has been ailing you or improve upon those things that you need to improve upon. And then you get Denver. Denver's still going to be banged up for sure. And then Portland. Uh, you you got to beat Portland at home. That's your, uh, you know, this Friday. And there's no reason why you don't. Then you go on a little two-game uh, road trip. So if you go 3-2 and two heading into this break, okay. Denver uh, not only be shorthanded, we know when they come in on Wednesday, they'll be going back-to-back because they play Portland at home on Tuesday and then come in. So Yeah, the back-to-backs only seems to be something that we use. I mean, Portland is tough. Portland, I get that. Portland got it done with a back-to-back. They got it. They got back-to-back last week. Denver, after they beat the Jazz, went to Milwaukee, who's all that, and a bag of chips. And they beat Milwaukee. And they didn't have their full lineup. And they still beat Milwaukee. And then they lost, lost to Detroit in overtime. Well, okay, but if you're taking them one, that, that, that's basketball. I know, and that's what I was about to say is that that's, you just can't stay hot forever. That's the way it goes. You're going to win some and lose some back yeah. to Tim Drisdom's point. Right. So now it's time to win some because you've had your time of losing some. So go ahead and get out there and go. Th- you go three and two. Going into the break, all right. Then you got a whole plus week off, as everybody does, and Rudy and Donovan can go have fun. Where's the thing in Chicago this year? Yep. Go have fun in Chicago. Live it up. Your first all-star, you know, your first uh, – what's your – there's things you don't forget. Your first all-star game. I mean, Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, probably can't remember a whole lot about – the 13th All-Star Game. <laughs> the ninth one is elusive. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he played in 18. Played in 15. <laughs> selected 18 times. Uh, okay, well, yeah. all right. But he still can't remember all. Your point is, <laughs> yeah. this play was that and that one. Yeah. And was... But I bet you he remembers his first one. You think you might remember going against MJ in an All-Star Game the first time? I bet you he remembers his first one. So those two, I want them to be in a good frame of mind so they can just soak it up because... You always remember, they say, the first time. Like, for instance, your first kiss. Yeah. What do you got? Nothing. Oh, come on! (laughs) (laughs) What do you got? You got something. Like, we got like five people listening today, man. Most folks, if you had any sanity, you stayed home. Come on. (laughs) Look out that window. (laughs) This is the day that you can kind of... Let it hang out a little bit. And then Yacht can record it and play it back for everybody in a day with a bigger commute. Get your BOM, swear on it that you'll never do that again, Yacht. You won't do that, Yacht. This is it. It's one time only. Look at that look at his face. Yacht's a liar. One time only. One time only. (laughs) Zilrez has got a two-day sale. This is a one-time sale. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second here. Yacht's like, this is too good. I'm not promising Your first kiss. You always remember it. Guys, let us know your first kiss. P. Huns, your first kiss. Your first love. You gonna sing now? The, f- 
What? <laughs> First Love is some awful movie song. I, I can hear it. I can't quite place it. First Love? Yeah. Uh, nothing's coming to mind. Okay. Well, then you won't sing it, so that's a bonus. I don't doubt you, but uh, I would need something. If you if you gave me some hint, I'd probably be able to get. It. I'd probably be able to get it. Is it a movie? You say? I think so. Can't quite place it. Okay, I'm a little foggy. First kiss. Come on. What? Give me what you got. You always remember it. Rudy and Donovan are going to remember their first All Star game. Yeah. And I obviously, and we all believe that it won't be the only one. They'll have. Who knows? Three, four, five, six, seven more? Yep. Yeah. Right. I mean, Mitchell, 23 years of age. He should have, he might have 10 more for all we know. So go ahead and party it up. But in order to party it up there, you got to go in on a good frame of mind. That means you got to get at least three ball games out of the next five. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joins us in 20 minutes right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Williams, the running back to the left of Mahomes. Now they bring Tyree Kill in motion with it. They fake to him. Throw right side. Caught by Williams at the right pylon. Touchdown, Kansas City. Andy Reid dials up a brilliant play. A fake to Tyree Kill and then Damian Williams across the face of the defense. Kansas City regains the lead at 2.44 to go in Super Bowl 54. There's a game-winning touchdown. That is the play of the game. Know it today. 4.50 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. Now, let's find out who sucked. As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. like a sucker punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Well, PK, the easy nominee here is Jimmy Garoppolo in the fourth quarter. Couldn't move the ball. Couldn't get first downs. Had a chance to probably put the game away with a touchdown. Just couldn't do anything other than give the ball right back to Kansas City and let them go score again. Was on Jimmy G? He's the one calling the plays? Great running game to pass the ball? Jimmy G, you're it, huh? He's the one checking down. Not completing passes down the field. Okay, Jimmy G, you suck. Wow. You lose in the Super Bowl. You know who could have sucked but had such a good fourth quarter that it doesn't matter? Mahomes throws two picks and fumbles twice. Now, they didn't lose either of the fumbles. One of them went out of bounds. Did cost them a first down that they were able to convert on fourth and one. Man, he was set up to be the GOAT. Make big plays, wipe it all out, nobody cares now. You're the champ. Set up to be the greatest of all time? 
Well, there's a long way to go, but he's starting. He's off to a really good start. Well, you said the GOAT. Who's set up to no, be the GOAT. the GOAT, as in the person who messed it up. Yeah, but guy, come on. you got to get with it these days. GOAT means greatest of all time. Goat Not the way I used it. Well, you need to get with the times, brother. You need to be woke. You're still living in your crib. I don't get what you're thinking. <laughs> GOAT means greatest of all time. Doesn't mean that you're a gagger. I did like the pregame thing they did for the 100 players. All They used all the cool technology. Didn't watch it. I was watching golf. Didn't watch one second of pregame. I was fortunate to have four televisions right there. If I would have had 50, I still wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> I don't tune into any pregame show. I wanted to watch the game. You got anyone you want to nominate? Oh, for sure. I think you got to go with that uh, Dijon Giroux. The Houston guy biting the opponent's leg. Yeah, that was Cincinnati. Bad. That was gruesome. <laughs> I mean, what is going through your mind that you think that you are appropriate to bite someone? And little babies do that when you hold them and they zap you on the shoulder until they learn that that's not the what the way to do it, but that you would bite someone. This guy sucks. That's completely and totally in a freaking appropriate. So I'm going to Dijon Giroux for biting someone. You just can't do it. Don't bite. I don't care if the guy says bite me. You still don't do it. In this day and age, you're biting someone. (laughs) You're mixing a match in now. (laughs) I mean, come on, man. So he's my, you suck, for biting someone. And then they, how long do they suspend him? One game, if I'm not mistaken. One game? Yeah. Just to sit out for biting someone. Just uh, no. No, 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 no. Do not bite. Wrong, wrong, wrong. He needs to attend an anti-bite management class. All right. (laughs) Anti-bite management class. A, B, M, C. I've said it all the time. All right, well, <laughs> so he gets suspended. We'll see if the conference suspends him for longer than that. Drops the hammer. And how about the Pac-12 basketball? I can't make heads or tails of this thing here, man. And this conference makes no sense this year. Absolutely none. Zero. Zippo. Because? <sighs> Who's good? Who isn't? Uh, who's going to win it? And you got like eight game, eight teams are within a game, game and a half, two games, and they, depending on what your schedule is, you either got nine games, maybe yeah. ten games to go. There's five teams sitting on three losses, and but they've all played a different number of games, so it's, it's kind of messed up. Yeah, Oregon's a game ahead, but it's because they played two more games. And then you got some other teams there with four losses. UCLA, Cal, and ASU. And, and those teams have looked good at times. Other times they haven't. Arizona didn't look good, and Arizona just got its first true road win of the season and then goes out and sweeps the Washingtons. Washington was supposed to be all that. Now they can't buy a win. Uh, Oregon loses That's to, the uh, to uh, Stanford. Washington has dropped to dead last in the conference. Yeah, it's, it's crazy this year. I'm I don't know if I see anybody getting into the Sweet 16. But maybe they get five teams. <laughs> into the Sweet 16? 
Well, it's it's been about as unpredictable as aren't, I can recall. You, yes, and that does scream that there's a bunch of good teams, but nobody who's very good and certainly nobody who's great. But isn't Oregon the one, despite the fact you loathe them, that you're most likely to bet on to get to the Sweet 16? Yeah, but what does that mean? That they're just uh, the most predictable of an unpredictable bunch? Yeah. But they're still unpredictable too? Yeah, there's some truth to that. I don't know. I didn't believe in Stanford all year, and uh, then they find a way to win. And and I'm going to put it out there for This Guy Sucks. Every freaking announcer, every time they broadcast a BYU game, not the local guys, they're fine. The national guys. Yeah, the West Coast Conference really is better this year. If you, if this guy if you have to keep telling us. It's probably not true. It stands on its own merit. But every time you watch a West Coast Conference game, this conference is a lot better this year. BYU and USF. I'm sick of hearing it. Two teams are better. Gonzaga's as good as they've always been. St. Mary's seems to be exactly what St. Mary's has always been. And has the bottom half of the league done anything to get your attention? Yes. Negatively. <laughs> BYU and USF are the two teams that can say they're up. Maybe maybe Pacific? There's some good teams, and you got to beat those good teams. And, you know, and I'll give San Francisco because they took Gonzaga right down to the end. So good on them. So that's great. Uh, but stop trying to tell us how good it is and how much better it is. It's still half the league is still rinky-dink. Well, that doesn't mean St. Mary's, BYU, Gonzaga, and San Francisco are rinky-dink. Maybe, maybe they can get four teams in. That would be awesome. I would love to see it. But don't try to sell us something that isn't true in the face of uh, public relations to try to drum it up. It's, it's, it's just not there. Just tell us how good BYU, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga is, and then tell us how uh, San Francisco has improved. I'm okay with that. Loyola, San Diego, and Portland are terrible. And I don't care if you have 18 coaches who played in the NBA. It doesn't matter. (laughs) That's not what you get points for. Right. (laughs) But Stoudemire, you don't get points for that. Yeah, and and Terry Porter. Yep. That's all. I'm Pope played in the NBA. That's all great. But... You know, Mark Few's a little dude, and they're awesome. <laughs> he, I don't think he played in the NBA. I don't even know where he played. Where did he go to college? I don't even know that. That'll give me something to do during the break. D- Thanks, did he PK. Play? I mean, I, I, I don't know. All, DJ and PK. All I know is he's got a phenomenal program. Coming up, Steve Cleveland joins us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.